0: Welcome back into the mental game. I'm your host, Brandon Seho. And this week's guest is ESPN Sports Center anchor Jay Harris. And in this episode, we talked to Jay about his TV career, which actually started when he was a news anchor, got a call from ESPN offering him a job. He told ESPN no. Obviously, long story short, now you know he's been living his dream at ESPN for many, many years. He talks about his job at the World by Leader of Sports, his favorite people he's interviewed, favorite games he's been on the sidelines for, all of that and much, much more. But before we get started, let's kick things off with this week's Mental Health Tip of the Week, powered by 1 in 5, and it is all about self-help. Creating a routine or list of self-help tactics can be something small you can do to support yourself, even if you are struggling with mental health or not. It provides simple support in times of need and can improve your day. You can do self-care tactics like washing your face, brushing your teeth, or just simply taking a shower. Having a refreshed body can improve your mood and make you feel better. You can also get physical exercise by going to the gym and working out, or just taking a walk to get yourself out of the house. Additionally, you can tidy up clutter or mess in your office or home to help relieve stress so you can feel less overwhelmed. You can even just make your bed in the morning. Even if it's small, doing things to provide support for yourself is important to creating bits of positivity in your life. And if you or someone you know needs help finding a therapist or mental health resources, go ahead and scan the QR code in the bottom right hand corner of the screen. It'll be up this entire episode and it'll take you directly to One in Five's homepage, where their mission is to prevent suicide by stopping the stigma and starting the conversation. Now it is time to start the conversation on the latest episode of The Mental Game with ESPN Sports Center anchor Jay Harris. Welcome back into the mental game. I am joined now by ESPN Sports Center anchor Jay Harris. Jay, I really appreciate you giving me some time. No
1: problem, Brandon. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. The first thing I ask everyone on this uh, podcast, first off the bat, is what does mental health mean to you? So I asked you the same thing. What does mental health mean to you, and how have you been able to use it as a tool in your life and career?
1: Um, that's a that's a good question. I think. Um... I don't know if I could totally answer that question. Um, mental health means a lot of things. Mental health means um, your soul. Mm-hmm. Mental health means your your core. Um, we 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 have spent so much time thinking about ways to improve you know the body, right? But we forget that our our head, drives our body. Right. And it's with all the, the analogies, like you want to kill a snake, you go for the head. I mean, everything's mm. the head, the head, the head, the head. So why has it taking us so long to concentrate on our own heads? Um, so mental health to me is your everything. It all starts with that. If you're, if there's something askew up here, if you're not getting mm. enough rest, if you're just too bogged down it's, it affects everything. So mental health to me is your, it's your soul, it's your being, it's your essence, it's you.
0: Pretty good answer. No doubt about it. it it's where everything starts. And, and with you, I got to imagine doing this job, you know, I worked in sports for, for almost 10 years now, you've done it for, for three decades and two of them at ESPN working on the desk at Sports Center. Was this, was this the hey, goal hey, as a kid? Hey, hey, what with the, with ease that ease that old decades talk. Man. I, sorry, hey, sorry. Just... I meant it meant it in a good way. Let me uh, <laughs> let me rephrase that. You're a seasoned vet. You're a seasoned I, vet. Okay, much better. On, much on, better. The, on the ESPN like desk. Was this uh, was this the goal from from day one? Because I remember as a kid, me growing up watching Sports Center in the morning. That was my goal: was to get to Sports Center or to host the Tonight Show. Is this something you dreamed about when you were a kid? ESPN. Yeah, ESPN yeah. or doing that Yeah, yeah.
1: No, no, absolutely not. No. Really? I, I uh uh-uh, uh no. I um it wasn't the Tonight Show, but it was probably closer to that mm-hmm. because when I was a kid I would watch the Tonight Show. I remember Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. Sure. Um and I I would um and when Jay Leno would fill in before he got his own shot. Yeah. Um I watched a lot of Carol Burnett. Was okay. my love and Mary Taylor Moore on a Saturday night, and you know, and all the family, and then the Jeffersons, and the, I was the Cosby Show, I was a different world. Right. Um, Martin and Living Single, I was the best sitcom guy, and i was yeah. so drawn to the writing and storytelling and all that stuff. So I decided in the 11th grade um, that I wanted to go into broadcasting. Because mm-hmm. I also watched the news all the time. I was that one kid that watched the news and knew what was going on and watched Same the here. and could tell you the scores and do all that stuff. So, and I got into news first. So that was gonna. That was that's where I was going. I did right. local radio, local TV, and I had the uh, dreams of the Today Show or Good Morning America, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And ESP, ESPN just kind of happened, and I wasn't I wasn't
0: looking for it. When. You look back at, at coming up through radio, and you were in radio and TV in Pittsburgh, right? Yes.
1: Started in Virginia, then moved to Pittsburgh,
0: yes. Okay. Working in a town like Pittsburgh, I mean, sp- lives, breathes, dies sports. How much did that impact your career? Like, my first few years, I was in uh, Baton Rouge. I did mostly LSU, some Saints. Do you feel like those Pittsburgh years were super formative to your career?
1: They were that in the sports way, because I was doing news. I
0: oh, that's right, yeah. So, I mean, the
1: going to the Pirates meant when we they broke ground on PNC Park, and I, that was my right. story, you know? Or right. when we imploded three rivers and, and started on Heinz Field, that's the kind of stuff I would do. Or if one of the teams made the playoffs, I'd do the peripheral story about how much stuff is selling and the big crowds and, blah, 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 right. and all that stuff that the, news, that the news folks would do. I mean, I liked sports. I enjoyed sports.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for a time when I did radio, I, I, I did uh, sidelines, for our Friday night or uh, Friday afternoon broadcast of high school football. I right. actually found an old picture in a box the other day. So, I mean, I was always drawn to sports, but no news is where I was gonna make, make my bones. That that was that was the thing. And Pittsburgh formed me um, journalistically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I grew a lot. I, it's where I, I got my first full-time job and I met a lot of good people. And I, I learned the craft of, of, of the business the writing part, the reporting part, the asking questions part, the, mm-hmm. the listening part, the being quiet sometimes and listening part, uh, the breaking news part, um, all that stuff. So it formed me that way, not necessarily in a sports way, but just in a journalistic a journalistic way.
0: Well, and when you get that first full-time job for people that watch this show and you know know my background, know your background, you have to, in the business, you start small, like you said, be quiet, listen, learn. And then you're able to build and grow. I started in News 2 in Columbus, Georgia. Not much to do with Fort Benning's there. I always wanted to be a sports guy. I got that first full-time gig in Baton Rouge at the ABC station. There. When, you, uh, when you make the jump then to sports, how did that happen? How did the, how did the call to ESPN happen, or how did you get that opportunity?
1: My, my boss, well, he was my former boss at the time at the radio network where mm-hmm. I was working in Pittsburgh. Got a job uh, at ESPN Radio, okay. And then, unbeknownst to me, moved into the area of, of recruiting. At the end of my TV contract, I sent him a tape. I wanted his his critique because I knew he would tell me the truth. Right. Because it was time to send out tapes and you know to try to find that next job. And he showed it to some folks to at ESPN. He called me up and said, "Hey, they like your tape." I'm like, "Who is that? <laughs> the people here at ESPN?" Why'd you show it to the people at ESPN? I do news. I don't do sports. We'll say, I know that. But anyway, I showed them your tape and they liked it. They want to bring you here for an audition. And I said, but I don't, I don't, I don't do sports. And I said that, didn't I just say that? I know that, but they like (laughs) you. And my wife overheard the conversation. You see, she said, why don't, why don't you just go? Because you watch ESPN all the time, which, which I did. And I said, okay, fine, I'll go. And they bring in, they were bringing in five people. Uh, I was number three. I met my producer. She had the rundown. I wrote because we write our stuff, and right. I wrote all my stuff and did the audition. And they tried to throw a couple of curveballs at me, but I guess I hit them pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I never done I never done a highlight before, so I just I just had fun with it.
0: Really, and okay. I
1: interviewed yeah, and I interviewed with um, it felt like twenty thousand people at ESPN before my day was over. And yeah. I went back to Pittsburgh and honestly, I didn't think much of it. And my buddy called me up and he said, Hey, they really like you and they want to hire you I said, well, I don't, I don't appreciate that. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to work there because I want, I want to do news. I mean, you knew that we had this conversation, so I politely declined, but thank you very much. He said, no problem. Anything I can do for you? Just give me a call. I think it was the next day he called me back. They really, really want to hire you. I said, well, tell me about the job. ESPN News nights and weekends, which was fine because you know in this business nights and weekends is like that's what we do. Holidays, right. what are those? We make our it, own holidays. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, how much does it pay? And he gave me the range, and I said, well, I'm kind of in that range now. I was, I was in the lower end of the range, but I was in the range. Sure. And I said, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, the boy, we just had a son. He was three at the time, and I don't know if I want to move him and. My wife is a military brat, and she's she used to move in, and we had been in Pittsburgh for, I think, 11 years, 12 mm-hmm. years now, and I was kind of a little settled. I don't know if I want, and the winters in Connecticut are cold like the winters <laughs> in Pittsburgh aren't cold. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, pre- I appreciate it, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it. Thank you, though. He said, no problem, and he hung up. And my, uh, I guess my wife had listened to this part of the conversation, too, so she called him because we were family friends, and she called him. She's like, is this a good opportunity for Jay? And he said, uh, "Yeah, I really think it is."
0: And she said, "Okay, I'll take care of it. Bye." <laughs> Offensive coordinator wife, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nosy is what I like to say. <laughs> can't, can't hear me. Anyway, so to make
1: a long story longer, uh, I apologize. You're good. Um, my my agent um, said, "You know what? Maybe we should really you know, why don't Why don't we do this? Why don't we throw a number at him and see what happens?" And I said, "Okay." Go ahead, do it. And we did. They didn't meet it, but they got close. And he and then he was like, you know, we really should look at this before you say no again. We really should think about it. I said, okay, I'll think about it. Think about it. Thought about it, blah, blah, blah. They wanted an answer by tomorrow. So mm-hmm. went to bed, woke up. You know what? Okay. All right, fine. We'll do it. They, they like me. Money's decent. Let's go. He's like, are you sure? I said, yes, we're going to go. All right, we're, so we're going to ESPN went to bed that night, woke up the next morning. I'm not going. I don't want to go. It's not what I want to do. And I said that to my wife and she looked at me with that look that, you know, husbands get when we are about to do something really stupid, but we don't know it. And they right. know it. And so she kind of had that, that petty look for me, got out the legal pad, lined down the middle, pros and cons and the, the health benefits and the Disney benefits, especially alone, made it the best decision that, she ever made because i probably would have said no again and i don't know we we might not be having this conversation you probably wouldn't be having this conversation so that that's that's how i got to espn and then you know what i was so stupid i was i was thinking locally as opposed to globally Mm -hmm. everything that i wanted to do in this field i got to do well yeah i'm get i'm getting to do right i'm on the the the, i want to do the evening news well i I did six and a half years on the six o'clock sports center that's what i was i was the evening news but we did sports as an yeah. evening sports guy that means what we did i mean the morning show that it's the same thing we just right. it's just a sports thing. and once i it took me about a year to realize oh dumb dumb you're still doing journalism you're just talking about the steelers now instead of the pittsburgh school board oh this could be fun if you just relax and have fun with it so that's how i talk to myself so yeah so i decided to relax and have fun with it and Almost twenty years later, I'm still relaxed and having fun with it.
0: That that's a crazy story to be where an opportunity you thought might not be the best one for you. I would imagine, besides marrying your wife, is probably one of the best decisions you made <laughs> in your life. I know how to play the game. I'm good at this.
1: <laughs> good job. Good job, Brandon. Good job. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, no, but this this decision, though, when you look back at that, are, how thankful are you for taking that leap of faith, you know, on yourself with her, not knowing that it was going to turn into, you know, I don't want to get into the years, but, you know, a 20-year career at ESPN mm-hmm. on the main sports show in the world. I mean, do you still have to – did you pinch yourself ever when you're sitting there going I, – I I know we get used to it when you're on the field or you're – in a studio, you do it every day. It's like riding a bike, but do you still look back at at that guy that almost didn't take the job and and go, wow, this was a really, really good move for me all the time.
1: Literally all the time. When I drive onto campus and I see the four letters on the side of the building, I think about that. When I walk onto the set and it says sports center, sometimes I'll, I'll elbow. I do most of my shows with Hannah storm. I'll elbow Hannah storm Mm -hmm. and I go, we're on, we're on sports center. She's like, (laughs) yes yes we are jay yes we are are you okay it's like no i'm good i'm just good i'm just looking around because we're on sports center this is kind of cool this is pretty cool yeah you know and i'm i i i look i literally look back on that every day i'm thankful that the folks there saw something in me Mm -hmm. that i didn't necessarily see at the time right right um and i've been able to grow into um and and you're right it does take a leap of faith because i and i I was how old was i um 2003 35 i think mid-30s i think that's what i was Mm -hmm. and in my mind i'm starting a new career and in my mind i didn't want to do that because it took me a long time to get into the one where i had you know in the very beginning where you literally my first job i worked for free doing radio literally for free doing everything you could do part-time stuff, stuff on the weekends, helping people doing stuff. You're working all the time. And I finally got to a place where I was like, I could exhale, right? Right. And I didn't know, I didn't know if I wanted to inhale again like that. Um, But I'm glad, I'm glad we did. Worked out.
0: What's, uh, what's been the favorite part of your career? I mean, a lot of people in this business obviously say the people, and I get that, that the teamwork in a, in a newsroom setting or, on a show, whether it be you know, producers, PAs, directors, you know, co-anchors, reporters, what's been your favorite part of this job?
1: Disney World for
0: free, baby! <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a good perk. It's a good perk. it's a good cool, perk. That it is, it's a cool part because I look at the prices, I'm like, oh my god,
0: it's, they've skyrocketed. Oh,
1: yes, and the parks are still full. Thank you, by the way, appreciate that. Yeah, but I'm like, wow. <laughs> this is
0: amazing
1: um probably all of that the, the people the the disney part um the doing different shows and learning different things and getting to talk to different people mm-hmm. um people that especially it was really prevalent when we are we were in um when sports shut down the beginning of covid right and all we had was like the last dance and on this day in sports and try to contextualize top tens and just do different things and lots of interviews. Mm-hmm. So like one Sunday when I got to talk to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and I'm thinking, I I've like watched him play basketball for like so much of his career. And I'm talking to this man right now. I have mm-hmm. looked up to him literally cause he's seven, four whatever he is. Um, yeah. But like, this is so cool. The people that I've gotten to interact with via satellite and in person and meet And having my phone and talk to Mm -hmm. like his friends now, like this is, this is kind of surreal. So yeah, all, all of that, just meeting the people that I've looked at.
0: You mentioned interviews, storytelling. Is there a favorite interview or story that you've, that you've done that really, uh, you know, is your favorite and that's, that's impacted you? Hmm. I
1: have one I always go to, I might switch that up. Well, I'll mention it anyway. Well, the first one I'll mention is our, our COVID interview that I got to do with Ric Flair. Um, oh yeah. And you know, I, I was, a, I was a professional wrestling fan geek when I was a kid. So I mean, talking <laughs> to Ric Flair, was sure. like, this was, I am in heaven
0: right
1: <laughs> now. But, that was the know, little I kid came asked, out on
0: that one. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, literally, literally, literally. And I think I told him that too, I, literally. And I know I wasn't the first person to tell him that, but I think I asked him, I don't know, maybe three questions, but I think there were good questions because he just opened up, you know, and, and just talked about life and career and family and mistakes and all this other stuff and like tears at the end. It was, it was mm-hmm. that kind of, it was that kind of a conversation that wow. I thought, even when I was in it, I said, this is pretty compelling television. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of them. Uh, the first time I got to, I don't think it was the first time it may have been the second time I got to talk to LeBron, uh, it was after he won his second MVP. He was in Cleveland mm-hmm. before he made the decision to go to Miami because I asked him, what was he going to do? And he wouldn't tell me, um, cause I even tried to set it up and blah, 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 and all that stuff. He's like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Um, but it, it, it was one of those where we used to tape our interviews for the six o'clock sports center. Because we had to jam a lot of stuff into that show. So right. we would heavily edit things. It went about eight minutes. We kept oh, wow. the whole thing. We aired the first four minutes before the bottom of the hour and came back and aired the the next four minutes. And it got to, it was, it was I mean, his son's Bryce. My son is Bryce, spelled the same way. We talked about that this is SportsCenter commercial that he did with Scott Van Pelt. And I was like, have you, did you ever get your chair from Scott? And he's like, no, i never got my chair. Tell Scott, I'm coming to get, a, I'm coming to get my chair. I'll appreciate what you did, man, Pelt. It was that kind of a, you know, back and forth conversation. It was yeah. really just two dudes talking. And that's kind of what I want my interviews to be, just us having a good conversation. Yeah. And that's the one I always, I go back to because that was really, that was a good chat. LeBron James and I had a good chat that day.
0: Th- that's one of the cool things about this business is, you know, being a big sports guy and sports fan, you know, I'm from Cincinnati, so I got the chance to interview guys like Johnny Bench, Pete Rose. Obviously I worked with Burrow there the last go. the last few years and, and, and Chase there and Mixon. Go. And I mean it's just the coolest mm-hmm. thing ever. You know, I grew up on Cincinnati basketball, so Kenyon Martin, Bob mm-hmm. Huggins, like mm-hmm. you can do some of the coolest interviews and then you also become friends with some of these guys too. It's such a unique job, um, but but it's not all sunshine rainbows. We talked about early careers. You're not making you're not making any money. I mean, we had I I think I know the business changed. But my first job, I think I made nineteen five, and that was in two thousand fourteen as a full time anchor reporter, uh, weekend mornings, producing, editing, doing the whole thing. But this business. It can be a grind. What, I'm curious to, to peel back the curtain a little bit. What are some of those hardest hardest things you had to go through in this career? Some of those dark days where, I mean, you probably contemplated like a lot of us do or like I did. I got out of the business. Um, what were some of the hard things you had to overcome in this biz? Getting in, finding
1: a job. I mean, that was, that was it for me. Um, and then, like you just mentioned, I finally find my job. And i'm not making any money i'm working for free because i can give you plenty of experience but i can't pay you any money yeah. okay i'll take it because i need the experience but before that it had gotten so bad that i i was i decided that i wasn't going to do it anymore i can't get a job i quit let me go back to school and i applied to grad school and university of maryland for some reason said no we don't want you to come to our campus this fall and i said all right i guess i need to keep. And my dad's like, I guess you need to keep trying to find a job, son, yeah, I guess you're right, pops. And it was getting in was the tough part
0: for mm-hmm.
1: me. Um, but once once I got in, not making any money, I had to do something. So I got a job at I was the color time rent to own guy. I would sell, I would you know install, and if need be, I would put, repossess. <laughs> I did it all, right? Um, because I had to eat. Um, right. Had to give my, my dad some dollars because he graciously allowed me to stay at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you do what you got to do, get where you want to go. Um, and that this field is not unique in that, but this field is our field and it's what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. You, Um, d- did you struggle at all with, with, um, I don't know if depression or anxiety or any type of just fear of not being able to climb that ladder because I remember being in the small town. I'm like, it's it feels like an uphill battle to get to where I want to go. I probably did uh, if I look back on it.
1: I don't know if I identified it as such. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know there was anxiety, uh, angst, um, anticipation, despair, you didn't get the job. Okay, here's another opportunity. You know, you put on your, your nice suit, your only suit. Um, and you put on your nice tie, one of your only, one of your two ties for Mm me. And you, you know, you, you try to put your best foot forward and you do the interview and you smile and then you don't get the job. And that happens over and over again. So I'm sure there was some depression, um, anger, sadness, all of that stuff. Until that one opportunity opens up, and even when that opportunity opens up, there's a caveat because there's no money. <laughs> right. But you have to go. You have to do the mental gymnastics. Okay, but but I'm getting the experience that I need. All right, the money's gonna come, and eventually it did. I mean, it went from zero to a, to like four dollars an hour, right? Uh, then a little bit more. So, but it was something, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But that other job told you about filled in some of the more some of the gaps um but yeah I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff but I had a good support system yeah um my, my parents were divorced so I was I was uh, uh I was with my dad through college uh at, at Old Dominion mm-hmm. my mom was in in Jobville. um that's where I grew up so he was you know they were like behind me they were like whatever you need we, we got you we'll support you Because once I identified what I wanted to do and they were like, are you sure this is what you want to do? I said, yeah, I don't think it's going to be easy, but it's what I want to do. And they were like, nothing is easy, but if that's what you want to do, we'll support you. And the more I got into it, you know, the more they learned about it and they kind of understood that this is not gonna, this is not gonna happen overnight. They understood a lot better than a lot of my friends did. A lot of my friends with the business degrees and the engineering degrees, they came out of college jobs are like yo man when you gonna make some
0: money (laughs) I don't know (laughs) my friends did the same thing they're out of college making you know 60 to 80 somewhere in that range and I'm like yo I am just trying to pay the bill and get through next month's rent
1: yeah yeah
0: but you know it works out
1: well well, I take that back it 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 worked out for me Worked Mm -hmm. for you doesn't work for everyone I mean everyone has their own journey but uh, I mean
0: it, it worked out you get to ESPN. You've had a, a, an amazing career there. You're working on SportsCenter on the desk. You get to work next to some cool people. We talked about the interview with LeBron or with Ric Flair. Who who is your favorite person to? And I don't you know don't mean you to play favorites here because you know, people people might see this. No, oh. Yeah, yeah ex- who's your favorite person? Who's your favorite person? At, favorite. Yeah, hey, yeah. It's, who's it's, your favorite it's, person, it's, person it's, to work with at at ESPN? Who was your favorite person to anchor with? Or you can give me a few if you don't want to narrow it down to one.
1: I can't narrow it down. I tell right. you, um, I I have for the past. Uh, man, has it been three years yet? I don't know. Many for the past several years. My main partner has been Hannah Storm. Mm-hmm. And it has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she's great. I She's she is so good at what she does. I mean, and she's one of the people I, I used to watch Hannah on the other networks before she came to ESPN. Mm-hmm. So I was a fan when she came through the door. So, but working with her, um, just watching her work, watching her conduct interviews. And she's an old school journalist. People are in press conferences. She's writing notes. Oh, you know, all the things that, that you were supposed to do, That sometimes I'll sit and I'll just listen and I'm thinking, yeah. I should be writing notes. Oh, Hannah's got it. I'll be okay. Um, <laughs> and, and she's just, she's just fabulous. Man, I mean, we, I, I don't think I've I I don't think I've worked with someone since I've been at ESPN and not at least for a little bit been in awe of the person that I was working with. Because some very talented people are in that building and have come through that building.
0: Well, I ask you about somebody that, that I was in awe with and a lot of people were, whether he be on the desk, the commercials, the person he was, Stuart Scott, where working with him, God mm-hmm. rest his soul. What what was it like Working with him and also being a friend of his because he just had an infectious, not just talent, but personality, it seemed like.
1: We only we only got to do one show together because our schedules were always opposite. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that one show was like watching. I don't know. Prince do a guitar solo. Right. (laughs) Wow. It's like Michelangelo paint or Maya Angelou write a poem. It it was just Mm -hmm. like this is a math class in everything that I thought I wanted to do or could do and and realizing that I suck
0: (laughs) it it can humble you real quick can it yes I mean
1: like I'm here I'm sitting beside him but you know I don't know if I should be yeah (laughs) I don't know if I should this dude is just you know whipping around asking the right questions asking the researcher give me like, uh, how many times did such and such hit triples last year? Because he had two last night and I want to know if he uh, hits triples against left-handers more than right, just little things that will resonate with an audience that he just knows what to do and just the writing and the leads and just all that stuff. And then doing the highlights, the highlight execution itself. I was like, man, I need to watch this show over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. And maybe I'll learn a 10th of it and be good one day.
0: Yeah, Stewart was just so smooth and obviously we talked about Sports Center. What about commercials? Do you have a favorite Sports Center commercial?
1: I do. And it's one that he's in. I'm I'm not it's not one of the ones that I did. It's the Big Buddy commercial that he did with uh Kenny Main and some other folks. And they were playing basketball with little kids at the Y uh-huh. and they were just like like mauling the little kids, which is <laughs> hilarious. And the little kid at the at the end like rubbing his ankle and and Kenny main going your mother signed a permission slip, get up, you know, and it was just, it just makes me laugh really hard to this day. I, I love that commercial, but there have been so, there have been so many good ones. Uh, but that one, I think I like the best.
0: Now he's got Van
1: Peltz too, when he, when he's, when he's using the th- thesaurus as a performance enhancer <laughs> and he uh, unhand me rapscally, he tries to run
0: a thesaurus? I don't. I don't. I don't know what you mean. This is not my. They, they, oh, it's, I love that one. I love at, that one. SVP. I think you and I talked about watching a lot of late night and sitcom. I think his show. And I'm curious your take on this. Do you think his his show is almost like, or is like, the Tonight Show for sports? Because it really, when they started that at ESPN, I felt like it was a game changer. I wish I could tell you. Since
1: I'm but, one in the morning,
0: I regret ah, it. That's true. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do better research on that. That's on me.
1: That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. I mean, when I've been
0: able to watch Scott's very, very good. Uh, I did a
1: handful of shows with him and it was like working with Stuart. Um, so I will, what you just said, you're probably right. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised.
0: Are, are there things left that you want to do in your career, on your bucket list? You've talked about interviewing LeBron. You know, you've been on the desk at sports center. I'm sure you've, been to Super Bowls, been to World Series, covered those those big-time events? Is there something on the Jay Harris bucket list that hasn't happened yet?
1: Uh, i like to be debt-free. That'd be good. That'd be great today, to be debt-free. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, want, I want the kids to grow up and, you know, get jobs and be happy and follow their passion. Um, you know, most of my stuff is probably kid-oriented, to be honest right. with you. I, I don't... I don't know if i have anything specific on my bucket list that i really really want to do um i just want to keep enjoying what i do right now um i mean maybe maybe play-by-play stuff i tried mm-hmm. okay i had a basketball game yeah basketball's hard if you're like for the first time it's very very fast right um um i don't know I like I just wanna I have a year left on my contract. I want them to invite me back <laughs> <laughs> for another for another four that's my yeah. goal yes I just I want to come back I want to have another I want to have a job for like another four years after next year
0: you you like this that's sports my- thing <laughs> you, you like this sports thing now after you signed up for it.
1: <laughs> oh yes, I do like the sports thing some when I watch news um sometimes I'm like ah. I'm glad I'm not doing that. Because it's it's just different. It's, yeah, it's, it's different. I'm a I'm a capital J journalism guy. And a lot of what's on television is not. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. It bothers. But I mean, I, I, I'd i like some, you know. Interviews and some. Holding feet to the fire and. A less corporate stuff and right beholden to the shareholders because i don't once the light comes on none of those none of those people matter to me to be honest with you because there's a story to tell mm-hmm. i mean even we have corporate partners and league partners uh but to espn's credit you know once once this is if there's a story we go tell the story right and we'll deal with the rest later because we got a job to do um i don't know i could probably go on and on about that. I don't want to bash my colleagues, but I, I have a few opinions about
0: the business that we're in. Well, the business has changed a lot, even since I've been in it. And I'm curious, there, there's a, there's a drop-off people leaving the business or, you know, younger, maybe aspiring journalists that once were, don't want to get in it anymore. What, what's your, um, advice to somebody that, that wants to go down this path and get in to, to the sports journalism world?
1: If you really want to do it, do it, If that's your passion, do it, but be cognizant that it's probably not going to all the time be what you have romantically envisioned it to be right um, when, you know, it's one thing to say nights and weekends and holidays, you're working, it's another thing to actually do those things And like, man, I I haven't been home for Christmas in five years. I mean, that can, that can weigh on you, right? Mm-hmm. You have to make Christmas in January sometimes or Thanksgiving in July or whatever you have to do, that's what you have to do. Um, and there's the money part that m- may come, may not come, may, is there, may not be there. I don't know. It just depends on, on you and, and, and what your, your personal goal is. Um, there's a, not a lot of teaching anymore in this business. Um, I always tell folks like who, if you, if you get it, if you're very young in the business and you get an Mm -hmm. opportunity to make a big leap, be very careful because you don't know enough and they're going to get you for cheap. And you might want to go somewhere else and learn a little bit first. So you're personally ready for that next job because there's just, if you, if you like with any business, if you want to do it right, you have to go get the experience, and you have to make certain mistakes mm-hmm. in certain places. They don't hurt you so much, right? Uh, I would I would tell them all of that, and then at the end I'd say, go get a medical degree and be a doctor.
0: <laughs> get get paid, marry somebody that's also getting paid, and uh, enjoy nights, weekends, holidays off. It's uh, yeah. I had. It's, you know, what's the, the crazy part about this business is it's a mental health show I'll talk about. The first time I had back-to-back weekends off since graduating college was when I checked myself into a mental hospital. That's how, like, the, 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 the business grind, and, I, you know, I needed it. I, I had stuff going on, but, I mean, it's real. You work nights, weekends, holidays. I, you, you live away from home. It, it's, it's a it's big difference in other people's career, and a lot of people, how many times have you got hit up for free tickets to a game? Hey, can you get me this? Can not you get me you know, and And that's not a thing. It's not a thing. I mean, you get no, to a certain— it's not. I, I think I, can, I think I've got free tickets to something maybe once at LSU and once from the Reds, from like a coach or a guy that I know in the organization, and that's it. But people think that you just can get a media pass, bring them to everything, free drinks, free everything. It's not like that.
1: Hey, yeah, I know you guys have learned some, like, signed jerseys or signed stuff at, at the place, right? Can, can I get some? No, I don't have that. No, it's not a museum. No. Yeah. It's not, it's not what we do, bro. This is not what it we do. It literally says
0: in the back of the credential, like, no autographs. Like, people don't know that, the, the fine print and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's not what we do. But, I mean, it's – I guess it's a – It's kind of a learning experience for them too, Mm -hmm. except the ones who don't get asking over and over again, then you just kind of tune (laughs) them out. Um, but you, you learn, you learn work life balance quickly, or you should, Mm -hmm. and then you have to make a decision. Like I made a decision early on that I'm not really trying to live out of a suitcase because we had young kids and I didn't want to, I didn't want to be on the road all the time. God bless people who are, make it work. I didn't want to do that. So were there opportunities that I passed up because I would rather not be there as opposed to being here?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Was there money that I passed up? I'm quite sure. But I mean, I I look at the 23 year old and the 16 year old who are pretty good citizens and I'm thinking, yeah, I made the right decision. We made the right decision because they're good. they're good people and oh. we'll be okay. There's food in the fridge.
0: I'll, I'll ask you just a couple more and I'll let you run the the part about the the, the personal happiness with the work life balance. I think this is one of the businesses, you know, not as extreme as being an athlete or, you know, being a musician, but you really have to to do that. And I struggled with that sometimes too. And that was part of the mental health thing with me was the work life balance. H- how much do you value, you know, the family time and the fact that you made that decision to not maybe take a gig where you're on the road for games every weekend or I don't know what they were, but how much do you value that balance? Because I think it makes a big difference in just a short time. I've done it for two months, kind of stepping away from the everyday grind of it.
1: There are some times when I'll, I'll go back to work um, and I'll jump in like after two days off and I'll get into the rundown of the show and there'll be something in there that I didn't know that happened. Like, really? I didn't see that because I'll come home and I won't turn TV on and I'll try to stay away from my phone Mm -hmm. because I, I'm trying to leave work at work. I don't watch every game. um, Because I don't, I don't want to be consumed. I want it to be, you know, what I do, what I really enjoy doing. Not necessarily who I am all the Mm -hmm. time, because there's so much more to who I am than just the dude in a nice suit and some makeup on television, talking sports. I mean, I have other things to do. People laugh at me because I say, I'm going to go home and cut my grass. No, you're not. You're not going to cut your grass. No, I really am. I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy edging the sidewalk. It looks, I, I that's an accomplishment for me when it looks really nice with the edger, and I'm getting good with the edger. Too. <laughs> I used to have one of those edgers that you would roll, I thought it was really cool. It says, it is free freehand with the weed eater, and you, know, you get a much better line with that. It takes a minute, yeah. But see, like right now, I love that stuff, that's fun to me. And
0: you're more energetic and, on this than a baseball highlight from last weekend,
1: literally, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's also, it's who I am. Part, and when I'm, at, when I'm at work, you know, I don't think about edging the lawn. I think about the baseball highlight and is Aaron Judge going to get to 61 and 62. That's, that. you know, that becomes my life. So I try right. to compartmentalize where I am, where I am, and where I am, that's who I am at, the, at that time.
0: Well, last thing I'll ask you, and I'll tell you this, and I, I thought of this before we talked, but you know how it is when you meet certain people and talk to certain people in the business or in sports. You're always curious how they were. I told you I was just with Joe Thomas, uh, you know, future Hall of Famer, I think, from the Browns, offensive lineman, just a legend up in Cleveland. And he was the exact Mm -hmm. dude I thought he would be. Genuine, great storyteller. Uh, I'm putting you in that same category. And and I really appreciate the open, honest conversation that that we've had. Maybe you can't can't fight in the trenches like Joe, but that's okay. Um, Oh, God, uh, no.
1: He's big. Bigger than me, I'm like I'm gonna stand behind Joe and
0: let Joe do the do the work. Yeah, you can you can you can be the you can be the running back behind him. Um, last thing I'll ask is is how going forward do you think you will um kind of value that mental health? What makes you happy? What is able to make you talked about cutting the grass (laughs) just as an example, but what truly makes Jay Harris happy and and stable mental health wise? Because this job can be demanding. It can be a lot. You're on a national show almost every day. Well, what is what's driving you to be able to stay happy and be able to kind of be some—I don't know if coping mechanisms is the right word to use—but just be able to be you in the truest form of yourself.
1: If if the knuckleheads who live in this house are happy, then that, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And don't don't wife and kids. I call them knuckleheads. Okay, I keep that <laughs> between us.
0: I got you. Um.
1: That and, you know, put me on a golf course, and I'm in heaven, right? Even if I even if I hit the ball over there and over there, I don't care. Yeah, it's just being out there, uh, the fairway in the rough, looking at the trees, just being out there, I love that. That's probably my my happiest of happy places, Um playing music. I love music. Uh, yep. I play bass. most of the time I look at my bass, going, I should pick you up and play you sometimes. Um, that's that's my other that's my other happy place. The other thing that I that I go to where I'm not sports dude, I become music dude. Uh uh-huh. um, Yeah, those three places.
0: All right, I lied. That's, that's I'm what gonna, I. I lied. If you don't mind, because you mentioned I knew the guitar part, didn't know the golf. If just one of those two, liar, I, you're
1: a liar. <laughs> <laughs> you said one more question.
0: I know. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> fake news. Fake news. That's why I got out of it. Um. The, is there is there someone that you've been able to play golf with or play music with that you know because of your job you've got that opportunity and it's been one of the coolest things ever like you know there's charity events or a concert you got you've got to go to has there been one of those that stick out?
1: Oh yeah, I got to Mike Phillips. He's a saxophone player. Um,
0: yeah, he made me
1: bring my he made me bring my bass to a charity golf tournament that we did, and he made me come up on stage and play with him, and that was a lot of fun. I was I was scared to death because he's a professional <laughs> musician and I am not but right. you know he said well so I, I trust his opinion and I've gotten to play golf with so many cool people just doing a lot of the the charity events
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean like you name it and and then they then then there are people that they that you see them over and over again and then they get on your phone and you become friends like if I see I don't know, I was watching the hall of fame thing and I saw Marcus Allen right mm-hmm. in that cinema text. That's cool. Or Julius Irving and I have the same birthday. Yeah. So I used to host his golf golf event and and they would bring us, they would say happy birthday to both of us together. <laughs> uh, in that, that's like, I don't believe this, and that this right. is Dr. Jeff, right? Right. And I can talk to him. He's right here. He's a real person. And
0: this is kind of cool.
1: And. I'm sure there are many others that I'm leaving out, but that's, it's, that's, that's the real cool part of this.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm glad you uh, decided to take the job at ESPN. You, you've been a great main, mainstay there. Sorry for mentioning almost three decades in the business. I didn't. You're a seasoned vet on SportsCenter. That's what we'll say.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All
0: right. I appreciate it, Jay. We'll be up back next week right here on The Mental Game. And what a great conversation with Jay. I can't thank him enough for giving me some of his time and telling his backstory of how he got to the Sports Center desk at ESPN. Next week, another great episode right back here on The Mental Game with Shea Patterson, former five-star quarterback and college QB at both Michigan and Ole Miss. He had dreams of going to the NFL. Those never happened, but we talk a lot about his story, the ups and downs on and off the field, everything you need to know about Shea Patterson coming up next week right back here on The Mental Game. Boom, boom, boom,